everybody and welcome to the true crime squad this is katie weaver i'm here with my sister co-host and partner in crime christy brower hello hello hey everybody happy monday indeed we survived the weekend we did just barely <laughs> <laughs> we did and it's almost november what the what has right? happened to this year i cannot believe it's almost november it's gone so fast. We took our last trip for the season uh, to Yellowstone on Saturday and we had an absolute it. riot. Uh, we didn't see so any bears. Rude. No, no, we didn't. We did get some really awesome shots at some great elk. Some we super cool birds. I got a chipmunk and me and my nephew Jack got a weird ant. So <laughs> I think it's pretty good. Well, we had an encounter with a raven that went on for a long time. We did. It was so fun. The Yellowstone ravens are the coolest birds on the planet of Earth. I love them. That's I was... honestly, that's what I look for more than anything is I'm like, ooh, I want to get to hang out with a cool raven because they're mm -hmm. so much fun. And this dude apparently was the guardian of an outhouse. He, he was, was the Hayden Valley, Lord of the Hayden Valley Shitter. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. He was sitting on top of it. There was lots of evidence that he's been there a while. Mm -hmm. uh, we had quite an interesting encounter with him. Uh, Jack was feeding him grapes. And at one point, he was clearly full. Or, or he wasn't. May, maybe that happened in a national park. Maybe it didn't. Maybe. We don't know. And he may or may not have taken some and stuffed them in a hole. Yeah. I've never seen a raven do that before. He was storing up, man. Yeah. But, oh my gosh, darling, they are so cool. But we also, we picnicked there in the park, and this blue woodpecker started oh swooping God. in. And uh, he, he just, he was all the way around us the entire time we ate. That was really cool. I've never seen a woodpecker get that close before. Well, and I've never seen one that color before either. He was absolutely gorgeous. He was amazing. Yeah. So that was fun. We saw a bunch of elk. The elk are still in rut. So they're uh, showing off. The bulls are out there bugling and showing off. And the ladies are mm -hmm. like, for fuck's sake, when does this end? Right. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'm already pregnant, buddy. Mm -hmm. They're right at the end. They're in Mammoth mm -hmm. Hot Springs, which is where the elk kind of hang out in the Yellowstone headquarters town. And oh, my hell, it's the funnest thing because you really mm -hmm. get to see them and hear them. The bugling is the coolest thing. It is. Yeah. But yes, the, the, the ladies have clearly had it. They're like, listen, I we're done here. But they yeah. are. There was I mean, a lot of bugling and a lot of not reacting. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> the ladies funny. on the other side of the road going, ha! they're probably Read chuckling. The right? They're chuckling yeah. with each other like, ha! he really thinks we're going to come over there. He mm -hmm. really thinks that's going to work on us again. Yeah, <laughs> much. Probably one starts to head over and they're like, Sharon, no. We said, we're not doing this again. <laughs> Pretty wild. Saw some bison, of course. You always see bison in the park. Almost always. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and it was just gorgeous. Beautiful fall weather. Uh, oh there was a gosh, little snow in the so park. Beautiful. A little snow. Yes. It's a coming real fast. But anyway. That's how so we that know we're done for the year. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Because that's it. That's the end. 
Uh, mm. But anyway, it was great. We had an awesome time. So it was. It yeah. was just what I needed. I needed to get my fall nature fix, and, and we got it. Mm-hmm. Which is good because it's going to get super cold now. It's supposed to snow on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I'm going to have to turn on the heat. <laughs> I'm not quite sure you are. I've been suffering through it trying to make it to November 1st, but uh, no. No, not going to happen. Not at all. But at any rate, uh, per normal, there's all kinds of things going on in the true crime world. We decided Mm -hmm. today to do our true crime roundup type episode where we each pick three different cases uh, that aren't going to be super long, but also uh, deserve a mention. And so that's how we're going to roll. So, Christy, you are going to kick us off with some WTF news. Oh, boy, am I. guys. This is Victor Rivas. And he done fucked around and found out. Oh, gosh. In court. So Victor Rivas was accused of uh, murdering a 16 year old in May of 2022. Oh, he's 15 at the time. Ethan Soto. Uh, Victor is 18. And he has been awaiting uh, a murder trial. Well, Soto um, decided to, uh, while in court, um, he decided to make a gesture toward the victim's family. Oh, let's just say, no one's saying exactly what the gesture is, but I'm I'm guessing it's something like the middle finger salute, mm-hmm. something like that, right? And well, um, Ethan Soto's family has had it with Victor Rivas's ass as you can imagine. And so uh, what happened when said gesture was made is that four of Ethan Soto's male relatives jumped the half wall between spectator and uh, defendant and kicked his ass for a solid 30 seconds before um, bailiffs were able to pull them off. (laughs) Were able or were willing? Uh, right. Maybe some of both. Uh, it was, I've seen the video. I'm not going to show the video because it's a lot of violence, but, um, they got some pretty good licks in. Let me just say that, uh, Victor apparently, uh, is bruised and swollen, but his attorney said that he is otherwise uninjured. Um, I would imagine some of the family feels a little better. Like maybe they got some kind of revenge on these idiots. Although, unfortunately, they have been arrested and charged with assault and disruption of court proceedings because as much as we would all like to do something like that from time to time, it is not allowed. I'm sure it feels worth it. I, I would imagine, yes, it because probably Because how does. feckin' dare he do that to the family? How right. dare he? Yeah. And I'm sure so, when sentencing rolls around, the judge is going to be like, yeah, remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not yeah. sorry. There's no remorse here. Here's the heaviest fine, you know, or the heaviest time I can give you, right? Because you acted like this in my courtroom. Yeah, it'll come back so, to haunt him. Besides, you know, getting Victor his ass uh, Maybe you've learned your lesson. Maybe you haven't. You're headed for prison. Um, I would suggest not fucking around and finding out, buddy. Well, can you imagine what prison's going to be like for this boy? Uh, no, I cannot because he's going to march right in, in the there. courtroom. You know he's going to get his ass kicked in prison for the same kinds of crap. For sure. Well, Victor sucks to suck. 
it does suck suck all right katie i think i'm kicking the mic back to you for some true crime news yes There's been a real worry for a while here uh, in the U.S. that we were going to be seeing increased violence against uh, the, the judiciary in general. Uh, there's been a lot of, uh, especially here in Idaho, uh, like, you know, people showing up and protesting at judges' houses and, you know, their addresses being doxxed and not just in Idaho, but we've seen that here in a way that was, uh, that I think is really surprising and not okay. Yeah. yeah. And Last week, something happened that is that goes completely beyond the pale. Uh, the two mm. gentlemen here in this picture, the man on the right is a judge from Maryland. Okay. The man on the left is a suspected murderer, Pedro Agate. Okay. Or Argate, sorry. Uh, apparently, Judge Andrew Wilkinson had been in court that very day with Pedro and his uh, estranged wife and gave her custody of all four of their children and enforced a restraining order on Pedro that he is not allowed at this point to have any contact with his children, if that gives you any sense Good. of who Pedro is. Oh, uh, yeah. Later that evening, Judge Andrew Wilkinson was shot dead in his driveway. Oh, my God. And that is terrifying. There is a strong belief of law enforcement that it was Pedro. Pedro was driving, they believe, a silver 2009 Mercedes GL 450. And that was found in a wooded area uh, in West Virginia near the border. U.S. Marshals, uh, they're saying that he has ties to Maryland, Brooklyn, Long Island, Tampa, and Clearwater, Florida, and Columbus and North Carolina. Uh, th he, he could be anywhere, in other words, <laughs> sounds like. But mm -hmm. he has been on the run now. Today is day five of a manhunt for him. And wow. he is he should be armed and dangerous, His or his ex-wife is saying, uh, that he always has a firearm on him. And obviously he will stop at pretty much nothing. He went ahead and murdered a judge. Wow. So at any rate, he is still on the loose and there's a huge manhunt out for him. I really, really hope they find him without any more bloodshed and that they yes. get him alive and make him stand accountable for this. It's horrible. But I'll tell you what else is really perplexing. You look up an article about him. I promise you. Facebook. Twitter, anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And you will find people defending Argate. That that man was, that judge was ruining that man's life. You can't stand between a man and his children. Well, he was, Mother uh, Barbara, yeah, you, you can. don't know, you don't know the whole story, obviously. And if right. a judge thinks that what was going on in this home was dangerous enough, that he needed to put a restraining order in such as that to keep this man completely from seeing those four kids. There's a lot more to the story than you realize. I am right. blown away at people defending his actions. What country are we living sick. in? Right. Oh, a fucked up one. That's what. Very that up absolutely blows my mind that anybody would defend this nonsense. Yeah. So at any rate, uh, 
obviously take a hard look at his face, especially if you live on the East Coast. This is him. I would imagine you're going to be looking for somebody without the glasses and wearing a baseball cap. Yeah, probably at the very Because that would change that face quite a bit. Yes, it would. Or a, or a hoodie and a baseball cap or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. At any rate, really hoping they can bring him in without incident. Yeah. Well, I'm going to kick it back over to you for some Oh, Idaho. Right. Oh, Idaho, here we are in the news for some bullshit again. It's never good. We can't avoid it. Yay, Idaho, doing great. No, not doing great. So a type 1 diabetic who is a prisoner in an Idaho prison is suing the Idaho Department of Corrections medical provider and says the allegations are that the company has bungled, mismanaged, and ignored his constant requests for medical care even refusing him insulin on one occasion. This man is a type 1 diabetic. Without insulin, he will die. Mm -hmm. So the prisoner's name is Jacob Fry. He's 41. And he is at the Idaho State Correctional Institution in CUNA, which is not far outside of Boise, Idaho. Sure. And he's filed a civil rights lawsuit against Centurion Health. And they provide health care inside the IDOC's facilities. They've also named as defendants actual employees and Idaho Department of Corrections employees um, for some really serious screwed up stuff. So first of all, when Fry went into prison, he was on an insulin pump. Well, he's not on an insulin pump anymore. They will not provide him an insulin pump and they have been withholding a glucometer so that he can test his blood glucose, okay? This is life-threatening shit. Yeah. And I don't want to live in a country with this level of barbarism. I just don't. No. Um, When we put someone in prison, we take full responsibility for all of their care. Uh, Mr. Fry does not have any ability to access any medical care at all unless it is provided to him by the prison. Yeah. And a type 1 diabetic is an incredibly vulnerable prisoner. We have had diabetics die in Idaho jails and prisons Mm -hmm. because of mismanagement of their medical care. Yeah. Not people who were on death row who, you know, were, were, you know, received their death warrant or whatever. We're just talking about day-to-day care that if we are going to incarcerate human beings, we do have to provide life-saving care. Yeah. So, his blood sugar was pretty well managed when he went in. Of course it was. He was on a pump. That's yeah. what pumps do. Now his blood sugar fluctuates very widely. Um, he only had a glucometer for a few months when he was first placed into IDOC. Um, and then it was taken away. So then he has to rely on staff um, to take his blood sugar and to provide him daily insulin. He since the lawsuit has been filed, he's gotten his glucometer back because they know <laughs> they're oh. in trouble. They can't yeah. be doing this. But there, when you are a, a diabetic on insulin, you have a schedule that you need to stay on for your insulin. It's really for important. Sure. 
And particularly for type ones, there's a schedule when you get your insulin versus when you eat. These mm -hmm. things are really, really important. You have to eat right after you get your insulin or you have a low. And, mm -hmm. you know, I am not a type one. I am a type probably now 1.5 diabetic and I am on insulin. And I cannot imagine how scary this must be for this person. Well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> and how many times he's had lows and stuff. Yeah. And, and not and to mention highs. that. Yeah, he could lose his vision. He could lose appendages, limbs, or just yeah. die. Yeah, or just die. Yeah. Well, or go into kidney failure. Or I mean, there's so right. many layers. So of many things. Yeah. So Centurion and IDOC are saying the insulin pumps and glucometers are a security concern. Well, then you figure it out because you can't right. just fuck with people's lives. You can't. That's still your that. job. That's we are still not your job. that kind of a nation. I don't no. want to be that. Uh, are we? Yes. Do I want to be? No. no. This is something we all need to be aware of. How are these kinds of health concerns being handled in our jails and prisons? In Idaho, it sucks. We all know it does. I'm talking about this because I want you to know that these things are happening in jails and prisons, and they're probably happening in your state too. So if you are in the U.S., please find out what are your state's policies? How are these things being handled? Well, these are Eighth Amendment violations. I mean, right. clear Eighth Amendment violations. Absolutely. So he had a very rough night in September of 2022 when he did not get his insulin at all. Oh. Um, his blood glucose, by the time he finally got it connect tested, was somewhere between five and 600. Oh. Which he could have had a stroke and died. Easily, yeah. He was experiencing symptoms of diabetic ketoacidosis from not having enough insulin. Um, they were short staffed that night. He was at the time in a wheelchair because he had a broken ankle. Now I'll tell you about the broken ankle too. Um, so someone had wheeled him down to the medical unit to get his insulin. And like people were standing in lines that could last for hours to get their meds because they were that short staffed. So he was taken back to his cell, believing that they would come down and bring him his insulin. And um, would not, they, they took him getting out of line as uh, refusing his insulin. So they just didn't give it to him. The dude was in a wheelchair and unable to move himself around. Yeah. So apparently um, one of the staff that uh, determined that, um, Gave, gave the staff a direct order, one of the one of the lieutenants a direct order, not to call an emergency if he said, if, if Fry said he needed medical assistance because he really didn't. And they just oh left my God. insulin overnight. Yeah. And his blood sugar was between five and 600 milligrams per DL by the next morning. Mm. That is, un and, and they intentionally withheld it. Yeah. The other issue is that he had a broken ankle. And he, that happened in May of 2021. And it wasn't, he had all these appointments that were delayed. He got moved around to different facilities. And so he just had a splint and was in a wheelchair, but his ankle had not been set. And by, this was in May of 2021. By May of 2022, he finally saw an orthopedic surgeon who said he needed surgery for the ankle. Um, never got the surgery and by the time he was seen in november of 2022 
his ankle had healed on its own set incorrectly and they've just left it that way. So he has pain from it. He has difficulty walking. He has diabetic neuropathy in his feet, which is a type of nerve damage mm -hmm. that diabetics get and then has this poorly set ankle. He can barely walk. All of this because of complete bullshit in the medical system in our prison. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't care what he did. He's a human being. Mm -hmm. We as a state are responsible for all of his care if we put him in prison. And we should be giving it to him. This is fucked up. This is in every way. Bullshit. Well, and we as a country have it written into our constitution how right. our prisoners are supposed to be treated, and this they're violating it right and left. But it right. just seems yeah. like the recourse is none. Right. I mean, they filed the lawsuit, his attorneys did, so then he got a glucometer. But I mean, great, a glucometer, but a glucometer does not provide insulin. So he is still at the mercy of the prison staff to give him insulin which Who is apparently are too dumb to, to understand or just don't diabetes care. or just don't care yeah just generally do not care i don't understand why there can't be accommodation made to have a pump it doesn't make any sense to me that a type 1 no. diabetic that would make life much easier for because pumps and monitors can all be built into one machine now mm -hmm. it would be much simpler for him to be able to have a pump and then the Department of Corrections wouldn't be required to be giving him his insulin. I don't know. I just, I, I'm so tired of Idahoans being treated like we are less than human in this mm -hmm. state. And we're seeing it all over this country. So be aware of that. Check out what are, what are the policies, policies versus what's actually being done mm -hmm. in your communities, in jails and prisons when it comes to diabetics and, you know, people needing other kinds of life-saving medication. Because I think yeah. it's worth looking into. Definitely. Yeah. And with that, Katie, I think I'm going to kick us back, kick you back, kick it back to you, not kick you, uh, for some Korean crime. Okay. I'd have a hard time today thinking of a bigger creep than this guy right here. Oh, dear. Yeah. Who's that happened in St. Louis. This guy is a parent. His name is Daryl Clemens. Okay. The little boy plays football. And apparently, he didn't think that his son was getting enough playing time. Not being given a starting position. Not getting the playtime that he thought that he deserved. And last week, he entered into an altercation with one of the coaches on his son's team. And that resulted in him shooting the coach four times. Oh, my God. In front of the kids, in front of the families, at a football practice. What? Not a game, even. Not that it would be better, but at what? a practice. What the hell? He flipped out, and apparently these men have had beef in the past. Apparently, uh, Clemens helped to coach this team in the past and is not helping this year. Uh, I'm guessing because he has a horrible fucking temper from what I'm seeing here. And yeah. he and this coach have had beef in the past. And that's what it resulted in. Now, lucky for him, the coach lived. 
lucky for everybody, the coach Liv. His name is uh, Shaquille Lattimore, and he is going to survive. He had four gunshot wounds. He tried to run. He was shot in the back, and once he fell, uh, Clemens shot him four more, three more times. Obviously, he has been arrested and charged with a bunch of stuff. And the city of St. Louis has said, I think we're going to end the season on this team because this isn't okay. Which I think is also awful for the kids. I understand why. but You know, just as much victims here. That's terrible. But are you curious to know how old the kids are? Any guesses? Oh no, are they little? Nine and ten year olds. Oh my god. Little boys had to witness this. Got to see all this. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them don't go back to football after this because that's horrifying. And I'm sure some of their parents are like, yeah, we're done with this. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, wow. Uh, But I also am sad for the kids that their season got cut short because adults couldn't manage their shit and something like this happened. It's all just horrifying. There are stories every so often about a coach being attacked, about an umpire or a referee being attacked. Yeah. People have got to get some chill. But yeah. this guy particularly, now his family is coming out saying, oh, you've got the story all wrong. The coach came off the field to confront him. See, coaches don't just come off the field to confront you just for existing. No. And he's the you're, one that started it. You're causing problems. Yeah. And so um, the coach is coming to you to tell you to shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. Now, the coach said that he does uh, carry and that he had handed his firearm uh, to another adult for safekeeping during the practice. So he didn't have a weapon on him at the time, which uh, I'm kind of glad he didn't. What else would have happened? Right. But and who else could have been hurt? Why does anyone need a gun at a football practice for eight for nine and ten year olds? Why? He said he packs because it's a really rough part of town. And so when he's in that area, he he carries a gun. So, but the family of the shooter says that uh, he's the one that marched off the field and confronted Clemens and started the fight and Clemens just finished it. This was just clear self-defense. You don't shoot a man in the back and then three more uh, times while he's on the ground that's unarmed in self-defense. Sorry, I'm no, just you, not going to You sure that. don't. You, you sure don't. And that finishing it would have been like, fuck you, not yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Holy crap. Big boy words, people. Time to start using your big boy words. Or, I don't know, maybe, just maybe, if things were so bad and Clemens was so unhappy, maybe he should have taken this little boy and put him on a different team. Or not played football this year. I know, it's a shocker, but that could have happened. There's a million things that could have happened differently. But now you have a man that gets to recover from four bullet wounds and has had to have surgery and is you know, going to live, but it's pretty beat up. And then you have this fool that's now going to go to prison because his nine-year-old wasn't getting enough playing time at a practice at football. That is absolutely terrifying. And mindless. I cannot imagine what must have, what else must be going on in that family's life, in that child's life, mm-hmm. that this would happen. Absolutely. Because it's very selfish. Clearly no actual oh. care about the kid. Yeah. 
unbelievably you do selfish. this to your yeah. kid's football coach. Holy hell. Yeah. Terrifying. So with that, I'm going to kick it over to you for another crime news update. Oh, yes, you are. In a win for the planet. Oh, God. Uh, to quote EIC trash can toilet brush, Alex. Uh, trigger warning. <laughs> it should be a crime to even have to look at his dumbass face. Uh, Alex Jones has had a loss in court, guys. A Texas judge has ruled that his petition for bankruptcy protection. Guess what, guys? It does not shield him from making the $1 billion payments that he owes to the families from Sandy Hook. Oh, I wish I had an applause track. <laughs> Maybe we need one. <laughs> we knew this was coming, right? After, after there were rumors of him trying to file bankruptcy to get out of this after he was such a dick in court that the judge literally just piled as much money on him as humanly possible mm -hmm. to owe the Sandy Hook families. Then he did file for bankruptcy, and then he actually had the gall to see if a court would allow him to, you know, just take out bankruptcy on that debt. And, oh, guess what? No. That asshole still owes the Sandy Hook families $1 billion. And, uh, wow. I want to see him pay up. I want to see him sell everything. Absolutely. One pair of underwear. That's all you get. The rest, <laughs> going on eBay because some gross idiot will buy it. And they're from the dollar store. Take it all. Take everything this idiot has got because he is a Sandy Hook denier who has spoken, screamed from the rooftops that Sandy Hook never happened and that this was crisis actors and all this bullshit that he has done to the families of these dead children. It is the grossest, most ridiculous bullshit ever. And talk about a fuck around and find out. Yep. Well, Alex Jones, you continue to fuck around and find out, but you know what? You're going to be paying off that debt until you are in the grave. And mm. for that, I am pleased. How the do you deserve, Alex? Absolutely. And with that, Katie, you're going to round us out with a little more WTF news. <laughs> this Miss Ma'am right here is Sandra Henson. Okay. Now, Sandra's been arrested. Sandra's only crime? Attending a wedding in Mississippi. Okay problem sandra wasn't invited in fact uh -oh. sandra doesn't even know those people and the bride uh -oh. was real shocked when she walked into the bridal room to see this lady standing there gobbling down a piece of cake that she's never seen before what the hell <laughs> and her family had never seen this lady before and everybody went what is up and they called the police and the police went Twice. Sandra's yeah. at it again because uh -oh. <laughs> Sandra is quite the wedding crasher. She has been arrested in three different states for crashing weddings and stealing the cards. Oh, what a 
bitch. <gasps> so, you know, you put that card in there with your 50 bucks in it for their wedding or their honeymoon or something. Or maybe they have a money tree or, you know, the, the, the various creative ways that they do at weddings, you know, for you to give them a little yeah. extra cash. And these days, a lot of people just ask for money because they, you know, going yeah, on they honeymoon don't or whatever. really need a cool. toaster. Yeah. yeah. So apparently this is kind of, I don't know if it's Sandra's day job or just her hobby, but <laughs> this is what she has been up to. Yes. Sandra's 57. I don't know how long she's been doing this, but it could probably be a long time she oh is quite God. the opportunist so she's been arrested in alabama tennessee and mississippi for crashing weddings and <laughs> stealing money and cards uh she's pled guilty in one of those cases uh the other ones we don't know about yeah she also uh stole 200 dollars from the wedding coordinator's purse oh. and when she was confronted she denied being the thief, but ultimately pulled that $200 out of her bra. <laughs> yeah. Old Sandra's got some pretty brass ovaries, man. <laughs> right. Put, stuffing money down Latit's wallet. Yep. Uh, the police also found a notebook among her belongings with a list of other weddings in the area. Oh, Sandra, just start doing DoorDash. Come on. Right. Give me a break. Quit fucking up people's weddings. What a terrible thing to do. Right. Maybe cake can't be that good. I mean, come on, man. That yeah. is so pathetic. It really is. But just to walk in and, and just pretend like someone knows you, like, that's gutsy. Right? Just blend it in. Standing in the bridal room? Yeah, just like, I think you fucked up doing that. Eating a like, piece of cake. Go yeah. to the reception where people could blend in. But in the bridal room, what? Why would you Definitely be in people there? people are going to not know you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the bride's family pretty much shook her down and then got the police there. Had they not, she probably would have just left and maybe gotten away with it. But <laughs> she got a little too brave. Flew mm -hmm. a little too close she, to the sun there, Sandra. She really did. Melted the frosting right off that wedding cake there, Sandra. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. at any rate, uh, I also, Sandra, sucks to suck. Have the day you deserve uh, and, and all the things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, that's it. That is our Monday episode. We're going to be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode, Wednesday with a brand new episode. And then, of course, we'll be back Wednesday night for case updates. So yes, we will. have so much more to come. Thanks oh, so much yeah. for being here. Please like, share, subscribe. If you want to head over to Patreon, we have two new Patreons coming up. They're not quite there yet uh, for the spooky season. And we're, of course, True Crime Squad on Patreon. If you want to join up, we would love to have you over there part of there's the inner so squad content over there there's years years worth of episodes mm -hmm. that you have not seen if you're not yep. a patron for sure and there you have it well this has been yet another production of the true crime squad bye everybody